Great. Great. Ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Deathmatch. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Palasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello! Hi. Oh, that was a beautiful, beautiful little joint. Hello, I love that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> wow, we we suck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's be clear. I suck. <laughs> um, How's it going? Great. Really good. Good. Um, Sorry, <laughs> took a very loud sip of my cocktail. No, it's okay. Uh, I I should have spoken. I should have said words, and instead <laughs> I just went good. <laughs> Really a uh, great conversationalist. Um, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're in that weird, like, middle zone, at least in New Jersey, where we're, like, 30% still in a pandemic. Mm. Maybe 40%. percent mm-hmm. But that's not nothing. You know yeah. I mean? It feels like we got to July-ish, and it was like, oh, we're 5% still in a pandemic mm-hmm. for about a week. Yeah. And now we're back up, so. Well, it's like the kids are back in school. I fully keep waiting for that to just explode. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, any day. (laughs) Any day. I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, and the thing is that we do live live in a town that is, uh, you know, lots of people have the vaccine. Lots of people are like-minded in, in wanting to uh, be done with this. Right, and wanting to end the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. All that Imagine good stuff. It. But, you know, it's it's still it's still not great. So. Yeah. <laughs> still not great. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. I'm yeah. honestly surprised that it that it's lasted this long because yeah. they've only been in school for about a week. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, day two, we'll get an email that was like, hey, you know, hey, they all have COVID and, and uh, you know, we're going to do it uh, by mail from now on. <laughs> um, Pull out your abacai. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so we got a weekend of school, so that's good. Do we have any topics at the top? Not really. Huh. Although I do <laughs> want to plug a movie we watched this week. Oh, boy. Uh uh, that's in theaters and on HBO Max called Malignant. <laughs> now this will drop two weeks from now, right, or a week from now? Yeah. Or something. So. so maybe you've seen Malignant already. But <laughs> uh, we watched this movie, and it was a wild time. I'm not going to spoil a single thing, but what a wild movie that was! It was, it was uh, a lot. <laughs> it was from James Wan, the director of Saw, mm. among other things. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, movies. It, I will say, I don't want to oversell it. I don't, like, I don't, you know what I mean? We went in with very low expectations that for about three quarters of the movie were met. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it just kicks into a, into a different gear. Yeah. There was, I was, I was falling asleep. It was late. Me too. I was, I was falling, falling asleep, asleep. And then something happened and, uh, I was like, oh my God. And <laughs> not like a good thing necessarily, but I was suddenly more awake right. and, and ready the to next, finish like, this half movie. hour was like, okay, yeah. this is this a different is, movie now. This it, is wild. It reminded me a lot of seeing Orphan in the theater. Mm. I, I kind of wish we had seen this in the theater, but like, 
you know, that was never happening. No. Um, <laughs> uh, just because of kids and pandemic and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it reminded me of seeing Orphan in the theater where, like, there's a, you know, we talked about Orphan on this very podcast. We did. Um, and uh, there's a, a reveal where you're just like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> love it. So that was, I would recommend Malignant if you're into horror movies or into insane movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just insanity, yeah. Yeah. Anything? Do you have anything? You know, I don't think so. We're, we're, we're watching uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, and I'm loving it. And you recommended a podcast that I can't remember the name of. Even though Slow I Burn. To, thank you. Slow Burn. That they, see, they're season two, I believe. Season two of Slow Burn, yeah. Was all about uh, the impeachment, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, Linda Tripp, all that good stuff. Um, and it's just interesting watching it because it, you know, for people our age, it's something you remember, but it's like you were old enough to remember it and it, it was solid in your memory, but also not old enough to actually care, at least for me. Yeah. Like I, I was, was not, not like actually paying attention to politics. Nor was um, I at the time. So it's just very, it's an interesting, but it's definitely something you know about. Yeah. And you, and you know, you heard all the jokes and you were watching SNL and you know, all that, all right. that kind of stuff. Um, so it's interesting to go back and learn more about it as an adult. Yeah. Um, and reconsider and, certain figures that you thought you knew and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we loved the the O.J. Simpson American Crime Story. That was so good, that one. Um, the Darren Chris one was okay, too. The like, Versace it wasn't, one? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. I had a, I had a, a structural issue with it. Where, yeah. Because it was built in such a way where every episode um, it was taking place before the previous episode. Yeah. In such a way that I think on paper was cool and made sense and in practice just robbed all drama from the show. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah. you know, especially I mean? because like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't really know much of anything about the Versace thing. Right. Exactly. So it would have been very suspenseful for someone yeah, to know, yeah, know exactly. about it. Um, um, but, but, this but, one, but they're, they're, they're well put together yeah. shows. Like yeah, they're yeah, you yeah. Know, docudramas or whatever they're called. Um, and I'm, I'm really liking this one a lot. I, I've said it before. I'll say it a thousand times more. I love Beanie so much. That's Beanie Feldstein. I think she's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And she's doing a great job. And I also love Sarah Paulson. Yeah. I'm bummed that it's 2021 and someone thought it was a good idea to put Sarah Paulson in a fucking fat suit. Mm-hmm. That makes me livid. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, not okay. You could have found an actress who was Linda Tripp's body type, or just have Sarah Paulson do it and, and ignore that. Right. Like, I don't like. There are so many solutions, and putting someone in a fat suit and prosthetics for clout isn't it? Right. Because all that does is is make you focus on that's not what she looks like. She must have sat hours in makeup. I'm going to applaud her for putting this stuff on. So that she can portray this character, and then at the end of the day, you get to take it off. Right. And it's it's a joke. It's a it's a costume, and I'm just like, well, I mean, like that's just what I look like all the time. <laughs> so, doesn't it's not great, you know? Yeah, like it's totally. just not it's not the way to go. And again, it's 2021. If you don't know that that's not okay, I I can't help you. Um, 
Well, now she does know because she like issued an apology sure. or whatever right and, before the end. You know. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is that it's not totally on her. It's not. She on her, could yeah. have. She could have been like, um, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. Exactly. Uh, it's but also, also but her, also, but it's also on everyone who made the right. show. Right. Yeah. But also, she's an actress, and it's her job to to a, a lot of her job is to just kind of like do as she's told. She's not. She doesn't costume it. She's an actress. She's supposed to act the part. She's not supposed to costume it. So. Not fully her fault, like whatever. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, it just it's just it's a bummer, is what it is. It's a real bummer. Totally. Um, but other than that, I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Uh, I will say it's it's very dark. <laughs> the show, I not like thematically, like visually. It's, no, it's also thematically, but <laughs> but I'm talking about like I cannot fucking see. They'll be in a room where like. I'm counting on screen. I'm like, oh, there's seven lamps on in this room. And I cannot see what's happening. Because it's just like, it's like um, how you always point out uh, when a shot is clearly day for night. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that something you love about me? or I love everything about you. Do we need to you. go to therapy? No, I love everything about you. Because, um, uh... But well, that just makes me laugh when it's like very clearly the daytime. And you know what is funny about that? Not to derail what you were saying, but what's very funny about that is that that is not something I ever thought about. You pointed it out to me at some point. And I was like, wait, that's a thing that they do? Like, it had not occurred to me that they would shoot something during the day and just make it darker and pretend that it was nighttime. And I was like, holy shit. So it's your fault is what I'm saying. Well, I'm reaping what I've sown. (laughs) but that's what it reminds me of. It's like they shot these things. They don't look like that. Right. And no one was put, running into furniture and they, like, they were shooting it. put sunglasses over the lens or whatever <laughs> in every scene. It's crazy. It it's does crazy not. crazy how dark and muddy it looks. It does not bother me as much as it bothers you. But yes, it is I, like, very can't dark. see. I was like, am I dying? <laughs> like, I cannot see. Oh, man. Anyway, I got to I got to cool it. All right. Um, hey, guess what? What? This week? What about this, this week? week? What about this week? We watched two movies. Oh my god. We did. This week we watched <laughs> The Nanny Diaries from 2007 and The Graduate from 1967. Wow. Separated by 40 years and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um two movies though, you know, we didn't I we did we obviously picked these movies at random. We did. And it feels like every week there's some strong connection and this week, it's like, these are two movies about college graduates finding their way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, The Nanny Diaries is all about, like, we'll get into it. As, <laughs> as we always say, we'll get into it. But, like, so much of this is about, like, she went to college. <laughs> and she's a nanny? A nanny? Anyway, and then The Graduate is obviously about, um, uh, what's it called? A, uh, a uh, graduate. A uh, graduate, yes. And yes, so, yes, yes. Um, anyway, so that's a strong connection. It is. Um, let's start with the Nanny Diaries, let's shall start. we? All right. Our, I, oh, Nanny Diaries from 2007, directed by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini. Okay, offensive. Lady director. Lady director. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, our IMDb summary is, a college graduate goes to work as a nanny for a rich New York family. Ensconced in their home, she has to juggle their dysfunction, a new romance, and the spoiled brat in her charge. Wow. That's really uh, rude to say about Grayer. That's Grayer. I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> It, you know, shout out to that summary for using the word ensconced. I feel like ensconced. most 
Although, two sentences. Come on now. Yeah, come on. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scar jo. Plays the titular nanny. She does. And there's a whole thing in the in the film about how her name is Annie, but the the exes, which is the family that she's working for, calls her nanny. Like they, like the son calls her nanny instead of Annie. That's like a thing in the movie, though, is that they is that she doesn't identify anyone because these are the nanny diaries, and I guess they're yeah, gonna, and so it's all, she wants to be an anthropologist. So it's all under this like the whole thing is through this like lens of she loves the Natural History Museum, and she's it's right. like a case study. Right, it's a case study. So this so the dad is Mr. X and the mom is Mrs. X. Yeah, and the uh, her love interest, played by Chris Evans is Harvard hottie. Harvard hottie. And all, you know, all these things, like all these like little, like, and the, the, the movie. Okay. So the movie is like, that's a, the thing you brought up about the anthropological framework Mm -hmm. is, um, does that remind you of another movie we've talked about (laughs) called mean girls? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's the same exact (laughs) like framing device of like, you, you know, uh, these rich slash hot people, yeah. they're actually like primitive African tribes <laughs> and it's a little weird and I don't love it. It is weird. I will say, I feel like Nanny Diaries at least follows through on it a little bit better. Mean Girls, they kind of, they do that one scene by the like watering hole yeah. thing and that's it. <laughs> like it doesn't it's work. True. Um, they do return to it a few more times in Nanny Diaries. Yeah. I think they're going for a Mean Girls tone. In that, yeah, in that, in like in the whole movie, not just in that part of it, but I think they're trying to like do this came after Mean Girls by what a year or two, mm. and so I think it's like, oh, the Mean Girls of Nannies, like that's that's like how it <laughs> that's interesting because I would never have put that together. Well, I only put it together because of the anthropology thing, but it's the exact same de- well, framing but, device. I mean, but here's the thing the um, the thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna shut that down that they're aping Mean Girls is that this is based on a book, sure. That but came you can, out before Mean Girls, right? But you can you can make a you can you can select a project and select a director and tone and all that stuff based on a thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, because, well no, to, I'm just saying that like it's the source material for this one is is actually that like the that is what the book is. No, you know I know, what I but mean? they could have said like, "Hey, Mean Girls was a hit. Let's buy this book and make it into a movie gotcha. that exists." You know, that's all I'm saying. It doesn't matter. I'm not. I definitely don't want to get off on a mean girls thing here, <laughs> but the, the, so, okay. So she's from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. She's just graduated college. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, she is, she, she, oh yeah. She goes on like job interviews and they're like, who are you? And she's like, I don't know who I am. Yeah. She's supposed to go work in finance. Like her mom played by Donna Murphy, uh, is like a nurse and worked really hard to put her through college. And so she's supposed to go and join the workforce and be very successful. Right. And then she runs into, literally, she runs into this uh, kid in Central Park mm-hmm. and saves him from a guy on a Segway. And then uh, Laura Linney walks up and is like, oh, Laura Linney. Laura Linney, the great Laura Linney, mm-hmm. walks up and is like, oh, this is Grayer and I'm Mrs. X. And, and like, will you come be our nanny? And then all of a sudden she's the most in-demand nanny on the Upper East Side, which is, and then uh, she takes that job and that's the movie. It's like, And the whole conceit is that she's not supposed to be a nanny. She's 
white, white. and a college graduate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so isn't it crazy that she's a nanny? Mm-hmm. Um, you're a nanny. I, I was a nanny. Yeah, I don't mean like, I don't I mean you have nanny experience. Uh-huh. So wh- how did that, I don't know, does that speak to you in any way? Well, I you're mean, a college I was... graduate who was a nanny in Hoboken, which is featured in the movie. It is. Um, I uh, am slightly different in that, one, I'm not white. Uh, and two... What? Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I was not on the Upper East Side nannying. Upper West Side? Upper East Side? I think Upper East Side. But Hoboken moms had their own thing. For sure. And and the, all that being said, I read this book when I was a nanny, and it very much spoke to me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know... <sighs> My experience was not as crazy as what is portrayed in this movie. And that's taking into account the fact that it's a movie and it's blown up and it's yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. you know, there I've I've heard insane stories. Right. Um but, you know, for example, spoiler alert for the Nanny Diaries, uh basically the whole thing is that there's a lot of animosity between the, uh the mother and nanny um because the son loves the nanny more and the mother feels like a failure as a mother but is also like trying to be a socialite whatever blah blah and basically it gets to a point where the son is closer to the nanny than the mother and the mother does not like that so she fires the nanny right and basically like makes her go does not let her say goodbye to the son there's a heart-wrenching scene where the son is chasing the taxi and crying right um and I experienced something sort of like that, right. where I had put in time with this family. Um, the father worked on Wall Street. Um, the mom, you know, I'm not sure what she did, but she did work from home and she was like working a lot, maybe advertising or something like okay. that. Um, and I started with them when their daughter was nine months old. Ooh. And so cute, girl. so cute. And she just, I remember when I started, I was like, this child does not smile. <laughs> like yeah. she wasn't, she just wasn't, um, the most, wasn't the happiest kid. And most kids, yeah. um, especially not to like toot my own horn or anything, but like, kids tend to like me and are very like jovial around me. I can yeah. get laughs out of them pretty easily. Not a jovial baby. No. And, and I felt like I put in a lot of work on this kid, letting her find some fun. There yeah. was a lot of stuff that, that the parents were doing where, uh, this kid was just not having a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, now that I have my own kids and I kind of understand parenting a little bit more, it's more clear to me that it's a, it was very like first time parents and you know, I'm not saying they were doing anything wrong. No, they were yeah. doing the best that they could, right? Exactly. but it was very much like by the book. Well, I read a book about this and I read a book about this and I read a book about this and yeah. parenting. You, you can read the books if you want to, but so much of it is just learning on the job. So, right. um, anyway, and I, you know, I started the job and I was like, I'm an actress, so I, I, you know, I need to be a little bit flexible. And she was like, oh, it's perfect. I work from home, so it's not a problem. And for the most part, it wasn't a problem. But it had just gotten to a point where they would say I didn't need to work the one day and then call me at six o'clock in the morning and be like, you have to come in. Right, right, right. Um, Or like I was supposed to work until seven and they were like, She's like, well, I'm done at four, so you can go home and then not pay me. Right. And, and it was at a time where, that. yeah, I blocked that time out. Right. I was expecting that money. You know, it just wasn't, it just wasn't 
the best environment. Yeah. And so I found another job and I gave them two weeks notice and she was very upset about it and um, said, you know, traditionally you give a month's notice. And I was like, that's not What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, But... Also, like, traditionally, right? right? And and my, my response was basically, like, I'm very sorry. I have another job that's starting in two weeks. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help you find someone new if you want some help with that, you know. Uh, and then it was the end of that day, and she came out of her bedroom, which is where she was working from, and handed me my check. She was on the phone, handed me my check, and basically, like, waved at me to leave. And... Uh, I left and then she sent me an email and said, don't come back in. We're right. done. So I didn't get to like say goodbye to the little girl who I've been right. watching for a year, a year and a half, like right. really like a long time. Um, and it was heartbreaking and yeah. I still think about her and you know, I'm sure she's fine and she does she's not fine, remember yeah. me and she does not give a what, but, right. um, so so yeah, and but we've been on the other side of that now with our kids too, as parents. Right. Yeah, like, and it's it's just a different, it's a different thing, like from every side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just interesting to hear from the nanny side. Yeah, right? but yeah, I like I said, I read this book. I I remember loving it. I don't know if it that means it was actually good or if it was just the perfect book for me at that time. Yeah. Um, I remember I think that means it was good. <laughs> I remember well, but you know what I mean. I know like what I you feel mean. like if I, I read it now, I'd probably be like, oh I don't know. Um <laughs> but I remember um being very excited about the movie and then seeing the movie and not liking the movie as much. Mm-hmm. Um so it's very, very possible that the movie didn't quite capture what the book what I thought the book had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the but the funniest thing about it for me is that I saw the movie and clearly did not clock at all that that was Chris Evans. Right. And, like, right. because at the time I didn't know who he was or that? care. Yeah. And now I very much care. I very yeah. much care about Chris Evans. Right. It's Black um, Widow and Captain America. I Smoochin. know. Smoochin. Smoochin. Um, yeah, and even Scarlett Johansson, I was kind of, like, I knew who she was. I probably was like, oh, it's the Ghost World girl. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's just very funny to watch it now and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I gotta say, though, that being said, Scarlett Johansson's performance in this movie, I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, really? It's not her fault. It's not her fault at all. She is, but she's just, I think it's more about how the character is written. Um, And again, I don't remember this being true of that character in the book. But in the movie, it's 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 one of those just like, oh my God, I'm so clumsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just... Hate it. Well, I think Scarlett Johansson, like, <laughs> like I really, st- you know, I, I, it's weird to say. It's like me talking about De- how Denzel Washington is a good actor. Mm, yeah, though. yeah, yeah. But it's like Scarlett Johansson, like, is really good. And I think also, she's great. Ha- we've seen her do so much more, especially in like comedic mm-hmm. performances. Like, remember that weird Woody Allen movie that we were obsessed with for a while? Oh my god, Scoop. Scoop. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh my god, that'll come up. That will come up. There's going to be some Woody Allen movies coming Ooh. up, which is very <laughs> weird. But anyway, um, she's like, she's funny. She's got like, you know, she's funny in Ghost World. She's funny in like a lot of different things. Yeah. And um, this is a yeah. I think you're right. This is like a performance where she the, some of the like life and kind of moxie, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. of her comedic performances isn't there. So it's just. 
uh, generic woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, just very like. In a very uh, weird way. Um, there's, there's just a lot of kind of mid 2000s romantic comedy stuff mm-hmm. happening in this. Like mm-hmm. there's Alicia Keys as the black friend oof, in a very oof. like the black friend yeah. kind of role. Although I gotta say she's doing a great job. She's great. Yeah. Like she's, she's actually, like I was watching, I was like, she's actually incredible. I'm mad that she doesn't have more to do both because yeah. it's this trope, this awful trope thing of the black friend who's there to do nothing but be a support person for the, the white lead, but also because she's doing a really good job and I want you to have given her more to do. Right. Right. There's like some jokes about the gay roommate who's played by Nate Cordry, mm. who's, I guess as Alicia Keys's roommate yes. and is gay and in one scene has to play straight because Donna Murphy's coming to visit and Scarlett Johansson's trying to convince her mom that this is her apartment because she doesn't want her to know that she's a nanny. Yeah, she's lied to her mom about right. being a nanny. Yeah. Which, and so there's like that stuff feels weirdly dated and there's just like all that weird kind of mid-2000s mm-hmm. stuff roiling around. And also I think... The, the, again, back to that, like, anthropological framework with the, like, um, there's a lot of, you know, tableaus in the Natural History Museum that then animate into, not animate, but, like, come alive into yeah. scenes on the Upper East Side and stuff like that. And weird sequences of Scarlett Johansson with an umbrella, which I guess is a Mary Poppins reference. Yeah. Um, kind of floating around. It's like, they're trying things. Mm-hmm. They're, like, really trying to, like, elevate this material. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it's, like, not good enough yeah. to be elevated and not, and then, so the movie isn't dumb enough to be, like, a fun romantic comedy. I don't know. It exists in this weird middle zone where it's just nothing yeah. to me, personally. Yeah, well, especially because you've got such a great cast, like, like we said, Scarlett Johansson, I think Chris Evans is a, is a lovely actor and, yeah. like, could have been really great, but again, they didn't give him much to do. Yeah. Laura Linney, who is incredible. Right. And the father, who's played by Paul Giamatti. Right. Looking scary. Yeah. That is, that is a thing I will say, and I hate to, like, you know, look at this, this movie, which features a bunch of amazing women and is directed by a woman as mm-hmm. well and be like, yeah, but Paul Giamatti is good in it. <laughs> but that is kind of the only thing in it that for me like works is how menacing he is. Yeah. And they gave him contact lenses. Well, and here's the thing. I think, I think that what was going on there is that in the book, the whole thing is that, cause, and, uh, nanny slash Annie has a whole rant about this, about how these basically, hot young men grow up to be these Wall Street super rich fathers who, quote, let their bodies go. Right. Um, Which is a problem. Yes, it's all problematic. It's all problematic. But I believe that the father, Mr. X, who Paul Giamatti is playing, is described as someone who has let themselves go, but you can see how once they were hot, essentially. And very specifically describes bright blue eyes and the remnants of blonde hair. So oh, that's Paul weird. Giamatti has this, like, peach fuzz it's on his red, head. It's red, though, yeah. And it's not uh, red. It's They bleached it. Okay. But it doesn't look good. And he looks insane with he the blue contacts. So weird. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so I think that's what they were going for, and it was just like a misfire, and they did not. Yeah. They did not catch it in time. I don't know what it looks terrible. But he is. He comes off as like menacing and weird. And absolutely, the, you know that you get a real. I mean, the Laura Linney and he are both like monsters in yes. the movie, and they're. I I think 
not to like, I'm not trying to sympathize with rich people here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they're portrayed as too monstrous because they're so like inhuman half the time. Yeah. They're just like, not. I don't believe that these people would be that insane. And I think that, well, no, no, no. But I think that like they would be, it would be more subtle and more, more, more evil in a way because of the subtlety. I think that. I don't know. I don't know. I think that, um, like I see what you're saying and it is like, it is monstrous, but I also think that one specifically Laura Linney's character has a lot of that. Like it feel it feels kind of forced, but has a lot of like her, you know, like explanation for why she's like this. And yeah, then at yeah. the end of the movie, she kind of realizes, you know, what's happened. And there's a lot of, she's very upset. He's cheating on her and, and, right. and, and you know, and I she's think she handles that really well. And, uh, yeah, exactly. has her own demons. But I think that, I, I think there's a point at which there's a, there's a, there's a number, like an amount of money that you get and all common sense goes out of your brain. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And I think that's what we're, we're seeing here is that, that kind of rich person, um, where just like they think they can speak to whoever, however they want and like that's yeah. what I see when I see that. I like it is monstrous, but I don't think it's over the top. Well, the scene where the scene where she's trying to like woo Scarlett Johansson to come work for her, uh-huh. and there's all that like, oh, we summer here and we do this, and oh, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought worked really well as as the just those kind of subtle like digs and and weird um, out of touch moments, things like that, and then. By the end, they were, I don't know, for me, they were just so monstrous. I was like, like I don't know, I was like, murder these people. That's fine. <laughs> um, I, I want to say before we move on, I don't know if we're moving on, but like the, the, the central point of this movie mm-hmm. that like this white college graduate has no business being a nanny mm-hmm. and isn't it crazy that she's a nanny mm-hmm. and, and like all, all that stuff is such a, is a just like, off-putting. Yeah, gross. And B is such a pre like financial crisis like almost like 90s kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's like it just feels so fucking dated. Like I know so many college graduates who had to be nannies or had to or like are, you know, or were waiting tables or whatever it was. Like right. some job that this movie and this script and and maybe the book, I don't know, like thinks is beneath this character. And I get that I get what the way they justify it, which is the mother is working class and worked so hard and doesn't Mm -hmm. want this for her daughter and all this stuff. But it's like, well, guess what? That's what like, you know, most millennials and under have to deal with because of the world that people have inherited. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it probably was written in the late nineties. If I had to guess, Mm -hmm. you know, if the movie of it is 2007. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Or at least like, what had you know she started writing it in the 90s right. and probably you know came out early 2000s um but yeah yeah that whole thing is super off-putting um it's like, can you believe i'm a nanny and it's yeah like, yes i can yeah. you're a young woman who has graduated college and is like trying to make some money in new york city right while well, she figures out what she wants right. to do that like, is yeah unbelievably common yeah and uh, you know i don't know anyway it was, it was very weird to watch yeah definitely and then at the end spoiler alert she gets to leave like she gets to like go get a real a real quote-unquote 
job somewhere. Well, she doesn't get a real job. She goes to graduate school. Right. Yes, that's, you're right. You're right. You're right. The opposite of a real job. Yeah, I was like, well, but she gets to go to graduate school. Yeah. And so it's just like, yep, I slummed it for a few years yeah. with, and there's, you know, those other nannies. Yeah, not even a year. It was less than a year. Right. That's the whole thing is that she was like, you know, my time spent in the blah, blah, blah. Right. My time, yeah. Um, has taught me, like, it, like, Basically, the entire book and entire plot of the movie is her writing her admissions essay to get into graduate school for anthropology. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yikers. Um, I'm sorry to just shit on the Nanny Diaries. No, it's okay. It's not great. Five minutes. It's not right. great. My last, my last point I want to make. Mm-hmm. Donna Murphy giving her fucking all to that New Jersey accent. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it she all really in there. It's great. <laughs> she really is. So... Talking about the DVD for a second. Yeah. Looks okay. Looks Looks fine. fine. Yeah. Has. A blooper reel. A blooper reel. Unfortunately, it's not very good. (laughs) No, it was a weird one. And it's also like, it's like bloopers courtesy of L'Oreal Paris. Yeah. Like sponsored blooper reel. I don't understand. (laughs) Well, this was, yeah. Um, Um, But it was, yeah, it was one of those where it was like, it felt very much like, oh, is anyone having a good time? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where it's exactly. like a blooper. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't uh, translate as like a, a raucous, no. fun moment. No, it did not. It did not. <laughs> uh, um, it is amazing to see Laura Linney mess up, though. Yeah, that was really fun. It's I really love great. Laura Linney. I love her so much. Yeah, so much. I think I have to put her on my bucket list for people oh, we that I want to work with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think she's got to go on there. For um, sure. Yeah. She's so great. I mean, the cast, like it's, it's, you know, Scarlett Johansson, Laura Linney, Paul yeah. Giamatti, Alicia Keys is great. Like the Chris who, Evans. The kid who plays the little boy is so good. Yeah. Is so good. He's, he's clearly an actor. Like he's clearly yes, acting, he an but actor, he yeah. doesn't come across as like a kid actor. And there are so many really beautiful moments of him, uh, being so natural with it that it's, re- he's great. He's great. I think he's perfect. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> is it available? Uh, you can, if you have stars streaming, oh. you can watch it there. You can watch it on IMDb TV. All right. Get on it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a, you know, you can find the nanny diaries if, after we just shit on it for an hour, you're like, you just really feel like I got to check gotta it out. This. I got to check this thing out. Um, great. Amazing. Hey. Hey. Got a question for you. What is it? What's the connection? Well, we got several connections. So Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say Scarlett Johansson. That feels like a pretty solid. Yeah. She and Dustin Hoffman of The Graduate were in Chef together, which is the John Favreau movie about a chef. Great. Um, Paul Giamatti and John Favreau were also in... No, sorry. Paul Giamatti and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I was like, John, John Favreau, is not get out of here. The graduate. <laughs> um, he's not. Little baby John Favreau. <laughs> um, Paul Giamatti and Dustin Hoffman were also in a movie called Confidence, which is okay. like a con man movie with Edward Burns at some point. Okay. Look, I didn't say these were going to be great connections. No, the Dreyfus g- connection? Come on, that would have been great. There might be. I didn't look that one up. Uh, There's... The real connection here is the graduate thing, that they're both about these college graduates <laughs> searching for themselves, and that also the real connection is that both these movies are kind of intolerable. <laughs> this 
Spoiler. Spoiler for how we're feeling. <laughs> Our next movie is The Graduate from 1967, directed by Mike Nichols. Heard of Heard him? Heard of him? Heard of him? No big deal. <laughs> um, IMDb summary is a disillusioned college graduate finds himself torn between his older lover and her daughter. Yeah, so Dustin Hoffman plays the titular graduate, Ben, <laughs> and he's... Um, the movie star. I mean, so okay. Let's start by saying this is an iconic movie. Iconic. The definition of iconic. Yes. So many. You know, I don't remember the first time I saw it. It feels like it was just burned in my brain. I remember the first time I saw it. It was early this week. <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen. I had never seen The Graduate. Um, um, so this was my first viewing, um, and I knew very little about it in knew- general. I knew like what it was. I knew that it was like, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Right. I knew Simon and Garfunkel. Um, but, you, uh, you knew them even better after you watched it. Cause man, <laughs> oh, oh man. boy. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I, this movie, I feel like I was, I don't remember. I just remember like, it's like, it's always been there. And especially I do actually really remember going to film school and having the, like, like our screenwriting teacher being like, like ha- teaching a whole like assigning this and like we're gonna watch it and it's a perfect encapsulation of character and all this what? stuff. What? Well, and like yeah, this is the uh, according to you know when I learned. I have questions about your this, film school. This was the perfect film script. This oh was my this god! Was the one you hold up as that is so funny to me because I find I find like the first the first thing that I have that's of any substance. Right. First note that I have that's of any substance is this is so weirdly written <laughs> because you come into the first scene, the are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson scene? And it's like, I guess these two have a past there. It's written as if they have a past. It's written as if this is not the first time that she has tried to seduce him. Oh, but I don't weird. know if that's true. Exactly. Exactly. I, I never like, I was got like, that. I never got like that. just the way. And maybe it's the acting and not how it's written. Yeah. But I, th- it feels like how it's written. It, this scene feels out of nowhere unless they have history. Oh, okay. Their past is just that, like, that's his parents' friend. Right. You know what I mean? That, And so she has known him forever and all this. Anyway, I that's interesting. I had never considered that or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, especially, like, hearing this is the first time you've seen the movie. You know right. I mean? um, this felt like the first time I had seen it in, in like, I, I, okay. My history with The Graduate is having seen it in high school or whatever, mm-hmm. been like, oh, this is a great movie, I guess. And then <laughs> this is what movies are. Right. And thinking it was good. Like yeah. I'm not pretending I didn't. And then seeing it a lot in film school and then being like, this is the perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And then not really watching it since then. I don't really remember buying it, although mm-hmm. we have it in the collection clearly. Right. Um, and then watching it now and being like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good. Um, and it's there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I'm in, so you always look up the trivia and stuff. I do. Did you see? I have a thing in my brain that I am not sure is true. Was Robert Redford supposed to play this part, yes. and then they cast Dustin Hoffman? Yes. So here's so Dustin Hoffman was supposed to be in the producers. Okay. And 
uh, uh, Gene Wilder? No. Who's the director of the producers? Oh, Mel Brooks. Jesus. Wow. That was, oh, that was a real brain fart. <laughs> Mel Brooks was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, audition for The Graduate. They're never going to cast you. And then they cast him in The Graduate. Mel Brooks married to Anne Bancroft. Exactly. Wow. Which is why Mel Brooks was like, they're never going to cast you <laughs> to play opposite my wife. Right. The other... My hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it wasn't supposed to be Dustin Hoffman. Right. Uh, uh, one might argue it shouldn't have been Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> but here's the thing. I am a fan of Dustin Hoffman. My first memory of him is Tootsie. You've got Outbreak. Classics for me, like... Hook, you love Hook. I love Hook. Are you kidding me? I think he's great. Yeah. In this, he's, he's, oh, I think it all comes from the fact. So all of the, tri- a bunch of the trivia that I read was like about their ages, which was very funny because another one oh, of the first I, things I wrote was like, he looks 30? How right. old is he supposed to be? He's supposed to be 20, 20. He's supposed, he's supposed to be 20. 20. He turns 21 in the movie. That's why he gets the scuba suit. Yeah. So he's supposed to be 20. He's actually 30 when he's when he's in this. He's 30 right. years old. Well, Anne Bancroft is 36. I know, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. She's I didn't mean six to... years older than he is. And literally the trivia is like, she's only six years older than he is, but she smoked and drank so much that she looked older. No, she doesn't. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is some bullshit. This is some sexist bullshit. It is. But the discovery that he was actually 30 was very funny because <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, it's like, he looks 30, but that could just be because 60s. Like, I wrote, right. I was like, he looks 30, but that could just be because this was shot in the 60s yeah. or whatever. And then we've got, like, five notes, and then a note that says, lol, he was 30. I looked up his birth date, ready to do math, and it's just 1937. Wow. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman wa- ran so... Wait, how does the expression go? Dustin Hoffman walked R- so Ben Platt could run? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the expression? <laughs> Um, yes. Um, Jesus Christ. So, yeah. yeah so, so, and then, and then it's also like, uh, Bancroft is only like eight years older than her daughter. Her daughter yeah, yeah. Catherine Ross. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yikes. I, so, but like, aside from all that, which I think is, <laughs> is important. I do think it's important that you like, you know, I mean, I joked about it, but like Ben Platt is running into that right now where everyone is just seeing the previews for Dear Evan Hansen and going like. I don't believe this. And yeah. that's very important yeah. that you believe the thing you're watching. Yes. So I do think it's important. But aside from that, this was the first time watching it where I was like, Dustin Hoffman is like annoying in this. Like mm-hmm. not Dustin Hoffman, the character is annoying. Yes. yes. And, and it's such a broad performance. Like it's mm-hmm. so like sixties comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a weird way. Yes. And that just doesn't, it didn't hit for me at all. This yeah. Time. And you know, I looked some stuff up and like, uh, there was a thing where Roger Ebert called this character an insufferable creep. And I was like, yeah, he is. 100%. Yeah. And the movie also just plays, and I think this is because it was kind of forced down my throat as a good movie. Mm. And, it, and you know what I mean? And now looking at it, I'm like, I don't think it is. Um, I mean, it, you know, whatever. It has good stuff about it. But like, um, but that watching it this time, I'm like, this is such like boomer shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Of like, I have no, I, I it's the same as the nanny diaries. It's like, I graduated. Yeah. I have no problems. Mm-hmm. Like climate change. Who is she? Right. And like, who is and she? just being like all this stuff. And then being like, but I'm sad. I'm so and it's like, sad. I get it, man. I'm sad. We're all sad. <laughs> get a job. But also climate change. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just is not. 
uh, like you said, it's very broad. It's very, I definitely laughed a fair amount, Yeah, but not at things that I think were meant to be laughed at. Like it was more about like, this is absurd. What are you doing? Stuff. Right. I can't believe how, how like, the, the the decisions Dustin Hoffman's making right now. <laughs> yes, the choices. Um, and that Mike Nichols was like, yes, that's it. Um, I Yeah, I just, it didn't, uh, I don't know. The music in it is real weird, uh, by which I mean it's just the same three songs over and over again. I mean, again. you love Simon and Garfunkel. I love, love Simon, Simon and Garfunkel. And Garfunkel. Love it. Love them. The seventh time Scarborough Fair starts, though, <laughs> within ten minutes, you're like, oh, brother. I do have a note here that says, nothing sexier than sounds of silence. <laughs> but I can't remember what that was in reference to. I assume there was some sort of sexy scene where well, they chose was, that song for it. I think it was the time where he finally sleeps with her. He finally sleeps with um, Mrs. Robinson. Oh. And... You know, it. He's. She's Probably. like. She kind of like. Um. She kind of uses like reverse psychology to kind of get him to. She's like, I bet you're not man enough, or whatever the fuck she says. Oh, I forget. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, I'll prove it, and I'll I'll fuck you good or whatever. Right. And then, and then he closes the door, and it goes to black. And I think sounds of silence starts. <laughs> and then it's like him in the pool being sad or whatever. Because yeah. And I like I get it. They're trying to say like this is a destructive thing he's doing. He's like yeah. doing a self destructive thing, mm-hmm. which is sleeping with Mrs. Ross. And she's doing a self-destructive thing, too. Right. And, like, it's not sexy. It's not, like, good that they're doing this. And then that's what the rest of the movie is about because he actually falls in love with her daughter. Does he? I mean, this is the thing. The the other thing about it is that none of these people have any chemistry with anyone. (laughs) They don't know chemistry, don't know her. Yeah. Like, it's just... You want... you, you, You want and you need the moment of... Of, uh, what am I trying to say? Okay. Um, you want and you need the moment of, I'm going to sleep with this person that I should not sleep with because I literally can't not sleep with this person because I'm so attracted to them. And it's just like fire. Like that's what it needs to be. I don't agree with that. What? I don't agree with that. I think... I'm not trying to, like, look, I, I have mixed feelings with a graduate now, uh-huh. but I think that it's not supposed to be sexy. I think, I think, look, you and I, we, we got a, we got a fire between us. I was us. like, what are, what is this going to be? <laughs> we don't understand people who, who have like unfulfilling sex. No, but I think, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to breeze right past that. No, no, I think you, and you watch any other film where people are having an affair and it's, and it's the, the thing that makes it sexy is that you're not supposed to do it, but you literally can't not do it. But this isn't supposed to be sexy. This is supposed to be like but self-destructive is, behavior. Right. But it it's, can still be self-destructive behavior, but you have to have a moment of sexy or else why the fuck are you doing it? Because you don't know what else to do because you just graduated no, college and everything's no. hard. So why is she doing it then? Because she hates her husband and no, she hates her life. Absolutely I not. I think. Absolutely not. I, I can't believe I've been backed into defending the graduate. <laughs> but I think it's very intentional and correct that the that the sex between that the like se- scenes between Mrs. Robinson and Ben are like fully unsexy and 
it's not supposed to be like sexy sex. No. I think. No, I think that is bullshit. I think it is the reason I hate the story is that it doesn't. <laughs> why did you sleep with her? What was the point of that? Because he what doesn't know what else to do. He's a drift. He's a drift. No, that's not. That's like saying I accidentally fucked someone. Oops, I slipped and my penis fell inside her vagina. No, you. there has to be a reason for you to sleep with somebody. And boredom is not a reason. I... I think I, f- I fully I fully disagree. I think there's so many people out there right now who are sleeping with people that they're not that into because they're bored. I sure, but if, when we're talking about something where it's you're not supposed to do it, it's an older person, it's a younger person, you're married, whatever it is, there has to be a reason for you to choose that person. Well, I think we agree that they don't that there's no chemistry between them and they don't really work. Yeah. I'm saying it's intentional, you're saying it's not, but I think that that we agree that that's what's going on here. Yeah. You know. And I think that um yeah, he's just here here's the thing. Mhm. Is that like I ha- like watching it now and I think I said this earlier when it was like, "Oh, it's like felt like forced down my throat as a good movie and whatever." Mhm. Is that like my, I feel like my generation has, like, I don't need, to, I don't need to take someone else's, some other generation's defining movie and like make it my own. Yeah, because that's what it feels like. It feels like a very generational movie. Mm-hmm. Like this is the the, you know, the boomers like our parents. Yeah, the sixties. This is their generational movie of like ennui and sadness and whatever. And I'm like, like I have Rushmore. Like, I don't need The Graduate also. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Is how I feel about The Graduate watching it this time. I wonder I if my mom has seen it slash how she feels about it. The Graduate? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because your parents are, <clears throat> have, the the movie takes are always unexpected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I turn the page of my notes and at the top it says in all caps, are you going to Scarborough Fair? Because <laughs> again, it happens seven times. So many times. Um. There's, I was very like, especially this time, and I think, you know, I'm, I hate to be like the movie police and whatever. Oh, this guy's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, people are allowed to be uh, icky and gross in movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, char- like a character being a disgusting creep, insufferable mm-hmm. creep, as Roger Ebert said, yes. doesn't mean that, like, the filmmakers are. You know what I mean? Like, you're, sure. you're allowed to have bad things happen in fiction. Sure. That said, watching, uh, him harass this woman, uh, harass the daughter. Once he falls in yeah. love with the daughter and she's, she finds out that he was sleeping with her mom and she's like, get the fuck away from me. I'm going to go to back to Berkeley and I'm going to marry this other guy, marry random other guy. Um, and he chases her and hunts her down and is harassing her on the bus and stuff. I was like, leave her the fuck alone, dude. <laughs> like you fucked up. Like you don't get to then like harass this woman. I yeah. don't know. It was very weird. This time, um, you mentioned Richard Dreyfus earlier. I did. He's got a he's got a little cameo in this. I believe it's his first his film debut. Um, yeah. He says, "Should I call the cops? I'm right. gonna call the cops." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really sells it. Too. He does a great job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Has there been a remake of The Graduate? No. Feels like because here's the thing, the. I, I I kinda love the concept. I love this 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 concept of uh of rich boy adrift not knowing what to do, has sex with an older woman, falls in love with daughter, 
Because yeah. there's a whole thing with then the mom, too, saying, you're not allowed to take her, my daughter out on a date. Right. And then he does it anyway. And then she tries to ruin his life. Right. Um, and he relentlessly pursues the daughter. Right. Um, but I think that's that's an interesting, like, in the right hands and in the right, like, actors and 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 uh, writer, it, it, it could have been very cool. I don't know. It's just... Like, it feels like something that would translate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it is a generational film, but right. it feels like something that would translate. Um, and but with a few like, tweaks, could be amazing. Yeah, but no one's... This is like... It's like saying, is there... Was there been a remake of, like, Star Wars or something? Like, it's... This movie is so famous and so beloved that you can play with the themes and everything, but, like, you can't... Unless you, like, do, like, The Graduate... The graduate. The graduate. <laughs> the graduate. Twenty twenty two. Whatever. <laughs> um, son of graduate. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, well, I but it, and it could be interesting to explore how it's different. How that's a yeah. different thing now. Like, what is that? It's a different thing to be to graduate from college and and not know which end is up. Now, yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that I think there's plenty to play with there. Totally. Um, the. I don't have in front of me the woman who plays Ben's mother. So there's a scene where Ben tells his parents that he's going to get married to yeah. to the daughter Elaine. Uh huh. How could I forget? Because yeah. he's screaming it. He said tells them that he's going to get married to Elaine, and Elizabeth Wilson plays the mother. And she screams, and it's the fun. It is actually the funniest thing that's ever been on film. Is like her, the way that she screams when she finds out her son is getting married, and then a minute later he's like, "Oh, she, uh, Elaine doesn't know that we're getting married." I, yeah. I, and they're like, "Oh, I guess this isn't happening." Yeah. Um, but it is so funny. His father, played by Feeney, William Daniels, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. Right. Um, and Murray Hamilton is Mr. Robinson. He was the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> So lots of people in this movie who were in other movies. Um, I do want to, so, so I, you know, and I also think I'm a little, um, tinged this time by like how many stories I've heard about Dustin Hoffman being a monster. Really? <laughs> Just like, I, you know what? I didn't do any research before this, so I'm not going to like go oh. into detail, but I don't, I don't remember if they were like harassment stories, but I know like just dick on set stories. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but again, I don't have them in front of me and I didn't do any research, so I don't want to like, maybe I got that all wrong. But so Dustin Hoffman did not charm me watching it this time. Uh huh. I will say Anne Bancroft though, I think she's so great. Sure. I think she's so great in this and like really it's a, it's a kind of a thankless role because she gets, she has to do the thing and then she has to kind of like become the villain of the movie. Mm. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. the end she's like a snarling kind of shrew at the at the wedding when yeah. he's running off. She like slaps her daughter. <laughs> yeah, many times. And so she doesn't get kind of like um, you know, after the scene in the rain and stuff, she doesn't get much to do after that besides just like leave my daughter alone. Yeah. Um, but I think she's so great in this and yeah. very cool. Yeah. Well, and also there's a lot of um there's a lot of interesting uh, shots and things that are done with like light and turning out the lights and a lot of dialogue in the dark and yeah, um, the way that the way that shots are set up that feel very like 
film school to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that you're right. I think that like that. I mean that f- the way it creates the mood and stuff. It may. I think you by you saying it feels very film school might mean it feels very distracting. Yeah, um, it's distracting. It feels forced. It feels it. It. it uh, if you're trying to create a a mood, it's overpowering right. everything else as opposed to lending to. I hear you the feel of it. Yeah. I think that it's bold, but it doesn't, you know, right. I think that boldness was like a thing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was a lot of inventive stuff and like Mike Nichols, like knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. Exactly. Like I'm I'm not not, trying to say with, it feels, I don't know if you can tell, it feels very weird for me to be like, "Uh, I think this is bad, (laughs) but that's how it felt to me watching it this time. And so, and I really, I think Mike Nichols is one of the greatest. And like, I think that like, this movie for me is doesn't feel it's it's not in the same league as like a bad movie. It's just like yeah. a movie that I'm recognizing now I never connected with in mm-hmm. the way that like a an entire generation did. Yeah. Um, but like we can leave it in the past is how I feel. But anyway, just to re- to return to your point, I think that the that boldness was so novel at the time. The way the way stylistically like like that first scene that where it's like tracking so close with him around his party as people come up to him and go like, I have one word for you plastics and all this stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. all that stuff I think is, was bold at the time and stylistically like very inventive and all that. Yeah. It is also funny to watch a movie like this, um, that has just been, you know, when we were kids, we were watching parodies of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, on The Simpsons and I think Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2 has a big graduate parody. Probably. Yeah. I, th- I want to say Wayne's World 2. Um, but this is like, you know, it's like it was baked into the culture at that point in a way where our first introduction to it was probably through. A parody. Through that yeah. lens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Great. Great. Uh, is it available? Great question. And you know what? I'm going to have an answer for you. (laughs) Oh, you know what? It is. Do you remember how we know this? Oh, (laughs) Because we put the DVD on. (laughs) We got five minutes in and we're like, this DVD looks terrible. Like shite. Like garbajo. (laughs) And I was, I said, I think this is on HBO Max. We should just watch it there. And we did. And we did. And it looked much better. Yeah. So, yes, it's available on HBO Max. Right. <laughs> um, cool. Well, here we are. I'm good to get rid of both of these. I was just going to say, I think we can get this rid of both of This might be our first one. <laughs> where we can just get rid of both of them. Then we bank a save for later, it's right? It's true. Is yeah. that true? Yeah. Great. I mean, according to a rule that somebody gave us. Right. <laughs> So, but yeah, I'm fully fully prepared to get rid of both of these. Um, yeah. Great. Wow. Uh, brutal. Brutal. It's brutal out here. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, okay, that was easy. <laughs> you did it. I did it. Okay. Should we pick this next? Matchup. Yes, and so our next episode is oh, going to yes. be... Oh, yes! Shoot, we gotta talk about that. So this episode is gonna come out on September 30th, which means that the next episode comes out the first week in October, and everyone's been screaming for it, so we're just, you know, gonna we want to appeal to the masses. All we've heard since last October is, 
Are you going to do spooky season again? Yeah, they're asking. Uh, I, I, the but DMs. It's hard to tell if they're screaming because of that or if they're screaming because of they're being murdered by any one of the horror icons in our DVD collection. <laughs> the look I'm getting is like... <laughs> you've heard of Yes End, right? The, the like... Have you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're going to do Spooky Season again, which means that we are uh, calling down our list, our, our options, to just our horror thriller uh, movies and doing four... Four weeks? How many weeks are in... How many Thursdays are in October? One, two, three... Four, four episodes of not but spooky movies. Four episodes, eight movies, a million screams. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So we're gonna pick our our first spooky season matchup. How many are we picking from? From oh nope, try that again. How many? We, oh no. <laughs> I've had a drink. Okay. She's had a drink. How many are we picking from, babe? 209. 209? Yeah. Wow, we have a lot of uh, spooky movies. Yeah. Look at us. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 209. A random number between 1 and 209 is 29. 29 is from 2011. The Cabin... In the woods. Oh, snap. Good movie by a bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're, all dudes are bad. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, that's great. That's a Fabie Faves. Um, haven't watched it in a while. Also, I think it was directed by, I want to say Drew Goddard. I don't know if he's good or bad. So, might be a great dude. Well, but that other dude is pretty bad. Yeah. You know what? Save it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 209. A random number between 1 and 209 is 149. Ooh, 149 from 1999. One of my favorites. Uh-oh. Ravenous. Ravenous? Have I've... you ever seen Ravenous? No. Oh, I'm so excited. That's I a zombie, it. isn't it? Nope. Oh. is it? Is it like a... Vampire? Nope. Is it a werewolf? Nope. Is it Do you know anything about it? Do you remember anything? Nothing? No. Oh, I'm so pumped. Okay. (laughs) Is it actually scary or dumb scary? It's not dumb. I don't know if it's actually scary. Okay. I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's like a horror movie. Right. But I don't know that it's particularly frightening. But like *Malignant* was a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> um, oh, I'm pumped. Great. Great. That's a great matchup. Yeah. For, uh, the first spooky episode. Yeah, two kind of like not classics, but at *Cabin in the Woods* is a favorite of mine, and *Ravenous* is a favorite of yours. So like. Wow. And you know what? Marriage is about making it work. Oh, with okay. different favorites. Guys, thank you so much for <laughs> listening, especially favorite. if you got this far. <laughs> um, we're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you really take this time in the next week to prepare yourself for spooky season. Because ready or not, here it comes. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. 
That's so, true. So however you want to prepare for that, get on it. All right. <laughs> hey, you said it. I did say it. Uh, listen, come back next week and see who survives. DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Death Um, yeah, so Dustin Hoffman. Hold on. I'm talking. Sorry, I got a bunch of ice in my mouth and I was like, well, I can't just hold this here. Okay. <laughs>